Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody, welcome into Tom Curran's Patriots Talk podcast alongside the Senator Phil Perry. 2021 in the books. Let's kick through some of the stuff from the Super Bowl that's left over after Phil and I's excellent adventure in Los Angeles. Phil, how are you, guy? Doing great. Doing great. Happy Valentine's Day. Thank you. Happy Valentine's Day too. You, you're my special Valentine sometimes. Mostly no, mostly it's my wife, Erica, but sometimes you, um, when you do something real nice. And you were real nice last week. We had a good time out there. We had a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, let's get right after it. <laughs> okay. The Super Bowl game was played. Game? I enjoyed it, man. You know, I, I heard on our email chain today, some laments that the halftime show was better than the game. It wasn't that interesting for the, what are we talking about? I mean, it wasn't, you know, you don't have to send it to the Louvre in Paris, but my palms were sweating. Mom's spaghetti, all that shit. Phil? Uh, I thought it was a fine game. I didn't think the teams playing were very good. That was, I guess that's, that's the, the quibble yeah, that sure. I, I could see people having with it. You know, I think the bills would roll either of those teams if they had played yesterday. So mm-hmm. I kind of get it. So product, but not that great. The football product wasn't awesome. I didn't, I didn't, I mean, listen, it was in certain pockets. I didn't think the coaching was, was awesome. I thought Aaron Donald was awesome. I thought Jalen Ramsey was awesome at times. I thought uh, Cooper Cup was awesome. I thought the no-look throw by Matthew Stafford on the final drive of the game, the game-winning drive, was awesome. I thought the Bengals' front was awesome against, obviously, you know, the running game of the Rams. I thought – but you mentioned something in sports and politics. Everything's local. Let's bring it back to the Patriots just briefly. And I'm not going to get into a debate about whether or not the Patriots are behind the Bengals or gaining on the Chiefs or how far. Are the, I don't care. It doesn't matter. What matters to me is making note of what we saw on Sunday in that game relative to what we have seen here in New England. What can we take from it? Well, Sean McVay and Zach Taylor are two fairly decorated coaches. I tweeted with five minutes left in the game that Sean McVay, for all his talent and acumen, had only had 19 points for his offense in 55, excuse me, 115 minutes of Super Bowl coaching. Three against the Patriots in 60 minutes. He had 16 until late in the game against the Bengals. Doesn't mean he's a bad coach by any stretch. But if you look at that game, the first Super Bowl he was in, he never really solved the Patriots' answer to the six-man front that the New England Patriots put out there. Yesterday, they kept slamming their head against the wall until finally in the last drive, they kind of opened it up a little bit. And one of our, my new friends whose name is escaping me from the ringer, Ben, it's not Slovak. I'll, I'll check it, but Ben Solak, Ben Solak, Ben Solak. Thank you. Yeah. He's great. 
He is. He's done a great job. Young guy, looks like he's about 11, and he writes some unbelievably intuitive stories about scheme. And he pointed out in his story how finally McVay twisted what he was doing. To bring it back to the Patriots, Phil, we look at what Josh McDaniels or Tom Brady has done. They have been in nine of the last 11 Super Bowls, one of those guys, or AFC championships. They don't bog down. They have a million trap doors and things left up in the closet and things that they can pick up a pillow and say, oh, yeah, we'll use this. Those coaches, it's an unbelievable advantage the Patriots enjoyed for a long time. And I don't think people around here understand just how friggin' good Josh McDaniels was. And all that acumen has gone out the door. What's your impression of just that read on it when you look at how good McVay is, how good Taylor is, and the fact that they have bogged down in a way that you would never see the Patriots bogged down? We've seen the Patriots bogged down that way, though. Well, you're right. We have. We I mean, have. They, they bogged down a little bit. They bogged down. They bogged down from time But generally to time. speaking, when they have good compliments of players, they get all their artillery. Sure. You know, you're not going to see him score. Great coordinator. I think he's a great coordinator. Josh. I, and I, Josh McDaniels. Yeah. And he is able to pull whatever lever it is that he needs to be able to execute in a given game. And that, of course, that ability was heightened when he had a quarterback who could think along the same plane. But even when he didn't, I mean, we've talked about how the Patriots probably had no business winning seven games with Cam Newton, a quarterback. Right. Josh McDaniels can can coach up that kind of game when he needs to. He coached the spread with Tom Brady. He coached a two tight end offense. He coached a, a two back offense with Tom Brady. He now has a rookie quarterback. He's developed a number of rookie quarterbacks. And so he knows what to do with those guys. I, I just, I look at it now and Josh McDaniels being great at his job is one thing. I think if people didn't realize that they might now moving forward, in his absence, because whoever, right. especially if Tom, if the plan is not Bill O'Brien coming next. And even if it is, there is still going to be an adjustment period to lose Tom Brady, who was probably the second or third or fourth best offensive coordinator in the league. Yeah, on field, that, that might be, that could might be, be even higher. It might be um, yeah. to lose him in 2020. And then to lose Josh after 2019 and to lose Josh McDaniels after 2021, you don't, you don't go down to zero, which people always have to remember. You never go down to zero, but you're going from two of the very best at running offense in the National Football League down to replacement level players. Hopefully a replacement level player, Mac Jones, who will continue to ascend. But now he's got a new, new mentor. Who is that mentor? We don't know who the mentor is, but the outflow is so significant. and amplifying it this weekend was just the news that Mick Lombardi is heading to Las Vegas. So is Carmen Brasillo, the offensive line coach. So McDaniels, Brasillo, Bo Hardigree, and uh, Mick Lombardi are, are heading elsewhere. This is not the equivalent, as I wrote today, of Tom Landry and Vince Lombardi leaving the giant staff in the mid-50s for Jim Lee Howell. You're not losing those guys. But when you add it all up and you look at what the cupboard has stowed away in it, it's daunting at the very least, friggin' scary at the utmost. I mean, to see Mike Reese bandy about the notion of Matt Patricia having an offensive role and for Joe Judge to be considered as, as an offensive play caller. And meanwhile, I'm with Julian Edelman. He's like, oh, 
I don't know if you can play even call plays. That's, I don't know what the aim is. And the people who say Bill has a plan, well, he might, but he's been forced into the plan. He didn't have one hatched. It's fallen into his lap. He's moving on the fly. And I don't even know if it's a good plan. Phil. Well, you've got to move on the fly when, you're, when your staff evaporates the way that it did this offense. Yeah, it does. But you need to have outside people. Look, if, if I you know, get hit by a bus today, you're me. If you get hit by a bus, I don't know. I, I see what you're saying. I think they do have they do have some people in place at least, right? Like, are are we concerned about the Patriots receiver group if Troy Brown takes over, who's been an assistant coach at the receiver position now, has been no. on the staff for a few no, years I'm, now? No, I'm concerned about the running backs if Ivan Fears leaves after 22 years of institutional expertise. Okay, I'm concerned already I, about Carmen Brasillo leaving after they had to do Cole Popovich and Carmen Brasillo to replace Dante Skarnecki and Cole Popovich spent last year someplace else. I mean, it's right. a, they have, if Nick Cayley goes someplace else, now you need a tight ends coach. What's the plan? I just think it, I think it's, I think it's good sometimes. I really do. I, it, unless these people are totally incapable. I it's think good. it's okay. Hey, Phil, to have it's turbo. good if I get hit by a bus, cause you know what you're doing. <laughs> it's not good if that happens, but I listen. Some would think are the, is, like, some would argue. I don't know about Vinny Sinceri. Honestly, I don't think the running backs coach, as good as Ivan Fears has been, are we going to see the running backs position fall apart because the, because guys start running the wrong way? Coach instead of Ivan Fears, I don't. Or I don't think Which so. way is that? I don't think so. I, I don't know, but I don't think so. the The biggest decision is who do you have as your offensive coordinator slash quarterbacks coach slash play caller. Those okay. are those jobs are too important to have someone with zero experience with any of those things sliding in even well, if they're great teachers of the sport as bill belichick i'm sure believes joe judge and matt patricia are i think with the quarterback that you have in place you need someone who knows and has experienced all of those roles before so that you can make sure his trajectory continues on the path that it's on right now you have you run the risk of derailing this thing in my opinion if you don't put the best person for the job in that job you have a rookie quarterback, excuse me, you have a, a, a talented, already more than competent quarterback on a rookie contract. You had to spend a shipload because you didn't draft well on tight ends and wide receivers. Now you've seen an immense outflow of brain power on the offensive side of the ball, regardless of how impactful a running backs coach or whoever is. These guys have to be able to self-start too. And the mm -hmm. players have to look at their running backs coach when things aren't going well and say, does this guy know exactly what he's talking about? When Joe Judge was special teams coach and then became wide receivers coach too, there wasn't necessarily a unanimous feeling among those receivers that year that Joe Judge knew exactly what he was talking about. That doesn't help the team. That was 2019. You know, Mike Pellegrino, you can't argue with the fact that a number of their secondary players have played at Pro Bowl levels, but he was coaching lacrosse a few years ago or playing lacrosse. Demarcus Covington, no flies on him. Um, I think Steve Belichick and, and Gerard Mayo have the acumen and so does Bill. But the way they closed 2021 in the final five games, the way they are 21 and 22 since Halloween 2019, I'm just concerned about who's teaching these players and how much institutional knowledge might leave this, this offseason too. From the, from the roster itself. I think it's a bigger deal 
then go ahead, shoot. No, keep going. No, you said, okay. And I thought you were like, okay, you made your point. No, big news. no, 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 no. You're saying on the player side too. And I think that matters too. Yeah. I, I just think it, to me, it comes back to the one job on the offensive side. And if, listen, if it's Nick Cayley. Look, if it's Bill, all the power he wants not to do that shit. Okay. Bill can go there. He does, no doubt. But at some point, as you wrote for NBC Sports Boston on Monday, he can't do everything, right? He has to be able to delegate to a degree. So if he is going to be the guy offensively, awesome. Gerard and Steve have to be all set on the defensive side. Cam Accord has to be all set on special teams. Bill Belichick, I think, could be used on all three phases right now, but mm-hmm. he only has so much time. And so that, to me, is, is the rub. Uh, and, and to me, Bill O'Brien is still floating around out there. That should be their priority, is making sure they somehow get him in the building. And if they can't, I just don't know there's how something going on he with- is. I just, I just don't know if he's floating around like we think he is. Like you and I talk to plenty of people in the media, and I think that Albert, who is as plugged in as anybody, has intimated enough that, yeah, well, you know, I, wouldn't rule, I wouldn't rule out Bill. So I like, oh, okay. But, I mean, don't they need something more concrete yet? Don't the Patriots need? Don't they something? need something a little more concrete? I mean, you can't just slap it out there and slow play it when you've gone, as I said, 21 and 22 in your last since, you know, Halloween 2019. More concrete than Bill O'Brien? I don't understand your point. If they can get more concrete than hope, more concrete than crossing your fingers and hoping he comes here from Alabama. Oh, yeah. Well, 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 make him an offer he can't refuse or make Nick Saban an offer he can't refuse. Do more. That's what I would say. There is enough time for you to do more. Uh, And if it's if it's not possible, then go get Adam Gase. And if that's not possible, then Chad make O'Shea. It Nick, maybe Chad O'Shea. Maybe make it, maybe you should make it Nick Cayley. I mean, what's wrong with promote? Like, I thought this was a promote from within sort of organization. Julian Edelman was high on him. He liked Nick. He liked Nick. The guy's almost 40 years old. He's been around for a long time. Went this to John Carroll. This is typically how they do it. I mean, wouldn't – if I'm a player, I think I'd feel better about Nick Cayley being the one – taking over that role than Joe judge swooping in after being head coach for the giants or Matt Patricia swooping in after being a defensive coordinator and a head coach and having never coached the position at the NFL level, having never called plays the offensive level and said, Hey, let's give Nick a shot. This guy's, this guy's hungry. He's motivated. He's young. He's been around. He's been part of planning these games on the offensive side. Unlike these other two guys. I mean, that, that to me would, would make a lot more sense than some of the theories we're, we're hearing being floated around now, but I, I, I disagree. I, I think they have plenty of time to get Bill O'Brien. In okay. Here. I think it's, I think sooner the better, obviously, but it's not like they're, you know, they've got meetings tomorrow. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price. Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. It was eye-opening to me when I was with Julian Edelman last week and 
you know, first he dismissed the notion of, of judge as a play caller, but then it was eye-opening to hear how well he thought of Nick Cayley and Mick Lombardi, who Lombardi, of course, is, is going on to be an offensive coordinator. But um, I did want to read this from 2000 as I was looking back because I knew Belichick had talked about delegating. And this is what he said in his opening press conference. There were some mistakes that you made coaching in Cleveland. You've, what have you learned in your years since then? And how will that help you be a better coach now? He said, two biggest things I learned from the previous experience and through 25 years of coaching would be, one, to delegate more. Previously, I think I've tried to do too many little things, too many things that maybe took away from bigger picture things that I should have been doing. And secondly, I've learned that as much as the game is played on the field, and it's extremely important to do everything right when you reach the football field in order to win in this league, there are also a lot of things on the periphery and outside off the field that are also important towards winning. And I'll put more time and effort into making sure those things are right for the organization maybe than I previously did. He is absolutely unassailable in my estimation on the second portion in the 22 years, even in the instances where he felt he could have done better. And I think 2020 would be a good example um, with the concerns of players and social justice that bubbled up. And he talked all year about how much he learned from his players. He opened himself up to understanding and learning more there. Um, the delegating though is interesting because as he also said, there's no one man band here. Can't play all the instruments. There are a lot of good people in this organization, a lot of resources, people I've worked with, three years ago that are still here. And I'm sure a lot of new faces who I've heard. Da, 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 da. Bottom line, one person can't do it. I'll work as hard as I can, but I'm going to need that kind of commitment from a lot of other people and demand it. If we're going to go, if we're going to, if we all give, then we'll be where we want to go. And less than two years after that, they were where they wanted to go much earlier than anyone thought they were going to get there. It's uh, a podium in New Orleans, Phil. Um, but it's interesting. There's a lot on the plate of the guy, and it has nothing to do with his birth date. It has everything to do with what's the ascension. And, and so many people are, hey, I'm built with trust. He's always got a plan. What was the plan of quarterback other than keeping your fingers crossed and having the best guy for you fall into your lap? Was that serendipity or was that grand design with Mac Jones? What was the plan at tight end other than spend crazy after not doing anything? What was the plan at wide receiver? other than trying nickel and diamond and bringing Cordero Patterson or Philip Dorsett or Antonio Brown and Mohamed Sanu. What are the plans? We give way too much credit, I think, at times to Bill Belichick's prescient planning and not realizing that the planning over the last six years hasn't been awesome, drafting included. Thank you. This is you addressing the Twitterati out there is what it sounds like to me. You think so? Who among us is saying... Well, this is this. The last three years have gone exactly the way Bill has expected it to. Well, I, I thought when they were nine and four in the number one seed that they looked great, that things were trending in a great direction. They were. So maybe I'm a big baby and I'm changing my tune now that they ended up 10 and seven. And a couple of assistants have left. Maybe I'm a big crybaby who thinks that the sky is falling because of the way the last three seasons have ended. But when we talk to people within the organization, not just this off season, but in previous off seasons, and hear the distress about from them about the direction of the team at times, it's unmistakable. You know it and I know it. We both talk to enough people who say, when you ask them and you'd expect they would know, I don't know. I don't know what we're doing. I don't know what Bill's plans are. I'll know when you know. That to me is 
enigmatic. It's cuddly when it's working, but when it doesn't seem to be, it's nervous making. What? Yeah. And nervous making is, is what Josh McDaniel's departure should be. And so that's what I continue to come back to. And I, I, if they can't get it solved with one of the big names that, that we have heard would be in the running for that job, then you've got to do everything you can to get him the guys on the field that he needs to have success. Because I don't know about you, but watching that Super Bowl, Tom, I mean, you said everything's local. For you, it comes back to the coaching staff. For me, it comes back to the personnel on the field. Mm -hmm. You have to have a number one, whether it's outside guy like Odell Beckham or Jamar Chase or an inside guy like Cooper Cup, you've got to have that guy. You've got to be able to protect. You can't be an absolute sieve on the offensive line, and you have to be able to rush the passer. But to me, as far as Mac Jones is concerned, the offensive line, I think, will be okay. He needs help in terms of guys to throw the ball to. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the number one takeaway that I have after watching that game and going into this offseason with some uncertainty at coordinator. Well, whoever takes over that job, it can make their job a lot easier if you have some real talent for Mac Jones to work with. So that, that was my biggest takeaway from, from Super Sunday. And that's great. Tight end. They got one out of the two spots filled with a competent guy, wide receiver. They got a couple of nice depth pieces. Third down back, I'm concerned about because it's such an important spot. And slot receiver, I still consider fairly unmanned. They got a guy who can run those spots, but he's not electric the way a Julian Edelman or a Wes Welker or a Troy Brown or a who's the other dude? Well, I don't know. Danny Kevin. Amendola. I, Dola to a degree. Julian, Julian Edelman likes Jacoby Myers in there, though. He so. did. And he said that. And I, but he's not as sudden to one. I love Jacoby Myers there. If you have James White or a replica, mm. that's to me, somebody in the short area. What's funny but, is it always comes back to blocking with those guys, with the coaches, yeah. with Edelman, Mike Vrabel calling Jacoby Myers the best blocker on the team. It's like that position, that slot position, you have to be able to block. And you're actually seeing this around the league, like bigger, bigger, and bigger guys are, are playing that slot position because teams are trying to figure out ways to block when they have three receivers on the field. So Myers is kind of like a newer version of a slot, but you're right. He does, he's not. And I like him. The I, I, separator. The way this is not to work. say, I think he's miscast in the role physically, but there's more than enough good things to like about Jacoby Myers. Phil, let's put a cork in this. We'll talk again later in the week. Okay. Eh? Sounds good.